me get uh, the Davies to come up here real quick. I need a microphone. There it is. So, you know, we've been doing Alpha, and uh, this is Mark and Julie. Y'all welcome them. Hey. Hey. Um, this weekend, yesterday, was the Holy Spirit retreat. Yes. So, give us an update. Tell yeah, so yesterday was our Alpha retreat. It was amazing because Alpha usually says you can expect to have half your participants come to the retreat day, and we had almost 100% participation, which is amazing. We had, like, the most people, and all the tables were full, and people that hadn't been there together or had missed a week or two, they all came for the whole day. It was amazing, and the discussions were incredible, and we're thankful because we added in worship for the first time, and so Dean and Lisa Bockwell came and did an incredible job of leading us in a time of worship. We were so thankful. God is so good, and we had uh, some prayer ministry time. The stories and testimonies are still coming in, but um, from our hosts and helpers that facilitate the discussions, we're excited to hear more of the testimonies, but there was a lot of um, amazing prayer time, and uh, some of the people that have come to Alpha that weren't going to church or had left the church um, are actually here today at church and are coming to Riverstone, so we are excited for what God's doing, and um we have two more Sunday nights, but if you didn't have an opportunity, Saturdays, sorry, Saturday, um, <laughs> uh, and if you didn't have an opportunity to be a part of Alpha, there are going to be a lot more opportunities because Alpha, this is just the beginning, and we're already seeing the fruit of that, and we are excited soon to be announcing what dates we'll be doing or um, and what that looks like for the spring. So, and Mark just wants to share real quick. Well, yeah, so, so we, we, uh, during the Night of Healing Prayer, we have the little pictures that are painted. If you've, if you've been there before, they're about, I mean, they're, they're literally like a postcard size. And we had a bunch of them that were left, um, that were after the Night of Healing Prayer that were left over. And we taped them underneath the chairs. And so about halfway through the day yesterday, we said, look under your chair. There's a picture, and we're hoping that, that there's a connection for you, that, some, that God is speaking to you something. And I heard from one of the participants, one of the leaders, that that their entire table said that those pictures were spot on. I don't have any more details on it yet, so I'm really excited to hear more, but, but it just, it, 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 God is moving in these people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah, and, um, and we also, during the prayer time, we um, had one guy come up, and I hope we'll have more, just say that he felt like he experienced Encounter the Holy Spirit for the first time, and he didn't know how to describe it, but just had an overwhelming sense of peace, and he was talking with Mark about it, and uh, we are expecting for more of that to come, and um, we're just loving Alpha, and all the groups, we gave them more small group discussion and question, time to ask questions, because they didn't want to stop. They wanted to keep going, so... And sorry, one more thing. We, 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 I, this is no, a teaser for the missions. This is a teaser for the missions. We did have a family. I'm not going to say who yet. But we had a family come up and share a little bit about a long-term mission that they're going to have. Mm, how about that? And they have been the huge food and hospitality, amazing people. But you will hear about them, I think, shortly. So like, thank real you. Short. Yeah, like right now. Like right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So y'all just freeze right there where you are. Okay. And do your hands like this. And everybody just reach your hands out towards them. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you for Mark and Julie, and thank you for the way that they have given uh, of themselves and poured out uh, for Alpha, the way that you're using them. And we just pray right now that, that we would finish this semester strong. We pray for a strong finish. We pray that uh, your heart would be heard and that many would respond to your invitation uh, to relationship and, and a relationship that's 
not based on rules, but based on love. And so we, we say yes to you, and we pray that many more will. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. You guys are great. Thank you for that. All right, so let me say this. Y'all pay, pay close attention, okay? This is the last missions Sunday we will ever have. Everybody go, oh. This is the last missions Sunday we will ever have. And here's why. Every Sunday is Mission Sunday. And so from now on, instead of missions with an S, we're just going to let every Sunday be Mission Sunday. God has a mission, and he's invited us to join it. And we're going to do that. Okay, so let me get uh, the Thomases to come up here and join me. We're going to talk today about uh, opportunities to join God's mission. And some of those are far away. And some of those are really close. And some of those are long-term. And some of those are short-term. And, and we're just going to look at all the different aspects of that. And look here. We have this incredible family that has come to stand on the stage. And, and really, they, we just wanted you to see a good-looking family. You want one, too? Perfect. So let me ask, first of all, why, why are you up here on this stage? Well, uh, is this on? I think so. Yes. No, no, no. It's, there we go. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, we're up here because uh, the Lord has invited us to trade in the American dream for his kingdom dream. Uh, and he's uh, specifically asked us to partner with Tom and Leanne Fraley in Edinburgh, Scotland on a long-term basis. Nice. How about yeah. that? Can you guys can you guys speak with a Scottish accent even? Okay. I think he's the only. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna sit and talk about that for a minute. Okay. And. Uh, okay. So you gotta slide over here because Jimmy Fallon sits on this side. Right. Okay. Super. Okay, guys. So. Uh, how did this happen? Just tell us. Just. Well, I would be the most surprised person in the room that I'm sitting up here. Um, I honestly probably would have bet good money that there'd be a Thomas Boy number four before, five, five, five. before yeah. I was yeah, before I was sitting up here on Mission Sunday because previous Mission Sundays, I my prayer pretty much went, Jesus, please don't make me go. <laughs> I don't want to go. Um, but the truth is. Mike and I both had strongholds in our lives that we had to get rid of before we could have heard this call in our life. For me, that was a stronghold of fear. Um, and what that looked like for me was that the first four years we live in Atlanta, I could not drive on I-75. I know we, none of us like to drive on I-75, but for me, I really thought we were going to die. Um, but more than that, it showed up as hypochondria for me. I couldn't even tell you the amount of times this sweet man had to convince me that I was not dying of cancer or was not having a heart attack. Um, and then two years ago, there was an unofficial Transformation Network mommy retreat. And that was the first time that 
um, I told people this. I was in a really bad place. My mom had just died um, at the age of 58 from cancer. And the next month, I was going to be turning 35, which was the same age my dad had his first heart attack. I was terrified. Um, but I told this group of women, and they prayed for me, and my life has never been the same since. Wow. I received further healing a couple months later during my sozo. And uh, I would say for me, really, I was baptized in the Southern Baptist Church at the age of 10, but that was more of a head decision, not a heart decision. And I never really pursued a relationship with Christ. And um, last March, when Riverstone hosted the Love After Marriage course, Aaron and I attended. And um, unfortunately, I had some, some major sin in my life that I knew I needed to confess to Aaron and seek her forgiveness on. Um, and I really didn't want to do that because I knew Aaron would be justifiably angry at me. Um, but I decided to anyway, and she forgave me quickly, like really probably within the day, I think. And um, that forgiveness just totally transformed my life. And it, it really, um, it just changed the way that I viewed Christ and, and the sacrifice that he made. That it, it became personal. It was for me, and it created that heart relationship that had been missing. That's amazing. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the Fraley's, mm-hmm. uh, Tom and Leanne Fraley. Uh, they're missionaries that we support. They're actually church planters in Edinburgh, Scotland. And uh, Melissa and I have known them for 30 years or more. Um, so tell us about uh, how you got to know them and, and what that's going to look like. What You've been over to visit, I know. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about that process. Yeah, so, well, our whole calling there was really, it's a pretty lengthy story, but I'll just get a, a few tidbits. But it kind of started with three um, just crazy things happening in a two- to three-day period. The first was that I had um, just an incredibly vivid dream. And when I woke up from that dream, I, I prayed and asked God for an interpretation. And he told me that um, it meant I was about to take a giant leap of faith. And I was like, okay, that's, that's great. And then the next thing. And the same day, pretty much, I just happened to be talking to a friend and spoke aloud a dream that I had never even told Mike. And that was to um, travel with our boys and um, homeschool them, specifically in the United Kingdom. And, and like a day after that, I found out about a potential job opportunity to go work in the United Kingdom for like one to two years. And so... So you heard that and you thought, oh, this is it, this, right? Yes. Oh, that's definitely it. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Full steam ahead. So, but uh, ultimately the job opportunity didn't work out. It, it just kind of vanished and didn't happen but our desire to be in the United Kingdom never went away. And what we know now is that God was really working uh, kind of gently in our lives to get yeses on major things that I think if he just told us the whole thing, like all at once, we would have been like, yeah, you have the wrong number. (laughs) Sorry. But, you know, he got us to say yes to uproot our lives and move to the United Kingdom. And then he got us to say yes to... um, to releasing all of our worldly possessions, to being comfortable giving up our house and everything. And, and um, then he got me to agree to leave my job. It's a career I've been in for almost 13 years now. And, and then he got us to pursue 
what exactly it was he was calling us to because we knew it had something to do with the UK, but we really didn't know what it was. Wow, yeah. amazing. So you met the Fraley's, and uh, how did that go? Yep. Yeah, so we took a trip over there this summer, and uh, it went great. Uh, it was just in talking to Tom and Leanne and, and Tom's core team there. Uh, you mentioned they planted a church mm -hmm. about eight years ago, and for those that don't know, um, their church primarily ministers to university students. And so they just have a lot of turnover because of that. Um, and that creates a little bit of a need for really more help, bottom line. Um, and so as we were talking to them, it just became clear to us that it became clear to me that one of the, the main things that I would be doing there is um, providing a lot of that help, providing some administrative help and operational help. and. You know, for those of you that don't know what Brad does, I, I'm going to be Tom's Brad Willoughby in Scotland. So, everybody needs a Brad Willoughby. I just want you to know, and especially Tom Fraley, because he and I are cut out of the same piece of cloth. So, yeah, yes, it's exciting. And because they've primarily been with university students, obviously us going will have a cell group and we'll be trying to reach our peers, young families. Um, and they right now have one little baby. Um, but as we bring families into the church, then I would um, develop and start a children's ministry. They're about to have a lot more children yeah. in their yes. church. Yeah. Right, right. We're going to more than four or at five, least four more. I don't which one of you we talk to. Not five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. So, so we know where and we know who. And we have some ideas about what, so let's talk about when. Yeah, well, um, we believe that, um, well, I think most of you saw the 14-year-old man-child up here with <laughs> us, our oldest son, Caleb. Um, you know, it would not be fair to him to do something in 18 to 24 months. We believe that we need to be over there next summer, or this, yeah, this upcoming summer. Um, and that's, you know... That's good for us, it's exciting, but it's a little bit problematic because um, as we've researched things, we found out that most people entering into long-term missions take 18 to 24 months to raise full support. Mm -hmm. And so those timelines don't exactly match up. Okay. So who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're in, the, you're in the process now of raising support. Mm -hmm. and you've got your budget and you've got your goals. Yeah. And you're hoping to be ready to launch by next summer. Yeah. And how long have you been raising support? We've been raising support for about a month now. Okay. So tell the people how they can help you. Yeah. So we have six months to finish raising support. And what we really need from each and every one of you here today is 30 minutes of your time hmm. to sit down and have a discussion with us personally where we can maybe get into a little more detail, answer questions, and talk about what supporting us looks like personally nice. for you, either financially or in prayer. Very good. So what about you? Do you got anything to add to that? <laughs> Pretty much the same thing. Lots of prayer. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hard six months as we let go of everything. Yeah. yeah. It is. Let me, let me, here's what I appreciate about, about the Thomases. So most people, you ask that question, how can we help? They say, oh, just pray. And we will pray, 
But you heard what he said. We, we need 30 minutes of your time. Uh, they've got a, a vision. They've got a call. They want to cast it before people that they're in relationship with. This, this is their family. And so uh, what, you, what we need to do is we need to pray and say, okay, God, uh, are you telling me to give them 30 minutes of my time? And I would say that if God tells you to give them 30 minutes of your time, don't wait for them to call you. You call them. Is that fair? You can do that? Okay. Perfect. All right. We're going to pray for you guys. And uh, uh, how can they get in touch with you? Well, we're going to have a table set up in the back here after service. We have some prayer cards. And that's probably the, the quickest way. That would be a good way. Yeah. All and right. we have a, a list. So Super. you can sign up. And if, you know, we can, we'll reach out to you. Fantastic. And if not, track us down. Yeah. Perfect. Y'all to raise your hands this way and just extend them out here towards Mike and Aaron. Lord, thank you. Uh, I thank you for a family that's willing to, to literally just drop everything to do what you are telling them to do. And so I pray that you would continue to lead and direct and provide. Uh, we bless them today, Lord. Uh, we declare over them your word. You, you have said uh, that when you call us, that you are faithful to give us everything we need to do what you've called us to do. So we trust you to provide for them. And we pray that you will provide from them, for them from this congregation and beyond. Uh, and that you will meet every need that they have to equip and empower and uh, resource them to do what you've put in their heart to do. We love you, God. We trust you. We thank you today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Good job. All right. Nice shirt. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Matthew 28, uh, Jesus said for us to go. And he said to go into all the world. That was his invitation to us to join his mission. And that's the call that he has placed on, on our lives as a part of his church. To go to the whole world. And, and it's still his call. It hasn't changed. Um, there are 2 billion people in the world who don't know Jesus. 2 billion people in the world who don't know Jesus. Roughly one third of the population of the planet does not have a church that they can be a part of. A third of the population. So the question that we want to wrestle with and, and try to uh, come home on is, does the church today still measure success the way God does? Does the church today still measure success the way God does? Because I think a lot of places in the world, and, and in particular in the U.S., we have come to measure success based on our ability to collect people. you understand what I'm saying? Uh, we, have, we measure success based on our ability to collect people. How many people can we gather into one spot or, or six spots or ten spots on, on a given Sunday? What's the head count? How are we at collecting? But I really believe that the way that God measures success for the church is not how we collect people, 
but how we mobilize people, how we equip, mobilize, and send. Uh, God has always been a sender. It started with Jesus. Uh, he sent his only son. Uh, and that's really uh, where the mission movement uh, begins, the sending heart of God. Uh, we are called to be sent. Now, we're going to talk today about three things. Number one, we want to talk about going a long way for a long time. <laughs> going a long way for a long time. So, some of you, like the Thomases, are called to go a long way for a long time. God still calls people overseas. He still calls people to go uh, to a new land, to a different land. Uh, C.T. Studd. One of my favorite missionaries. I mean, if you want to be a missionary, don't you want a name like Stud? I mean, especially if you're going to go to a, a difficult place like India or China or Africa, which are places that C.T. Stud ministered. Uh, don't you want a name like Stud? I mean, couldn't have picked a better guy. C.T. Stud, when he came to the Lord, he, he was a part, had grown up in a very wealthy family. And when the Lord put his, his hand on We'll call him Charlie. When, he, when the Lord put his hand on Charlie and said, I want you to go to the world. I want you to go to the nations. He took this inheritance that he had of millions of pounds and he gave it away. He gave it all away except for a portion. There was one small portion. There were 50, it was 50,000 pounds. He kept 50,000 pounds because he had read in the Bible that he was supposed to take care of his family. That he shouldn't leave his family with nothing. And so he took 50,000 pounds and he gave it to his wife. And she gave it away. And they went to Africa and they lived in a grass hut on a dirt floor. And then they spent time in India and they spent time in China. Some of you will be called to go a long way for a, for a long time. Uh, like the Thomases. People like, like Tammy Hutchins. A missionary that we support, who's been in the country that she is in, which is a really long way away, for 20 years. Left straight out of seminary and, and has been there ever since, 20 years. I like the Cantors, who've been in Scotland, I think, for 12 years or so. A long way for a long time. Some of you in this room will be called to go somewhere, uh, to give up. As, they, as the Thomases said, the American dream for the kingdom dream. Uh, to go somewhere else. Uh, to go a place, to a place that God calls you to do the thing that God has called and equipped you to do. Some people in this room right here, not just the Thomases, but other people in this room will be called. Some of you are afraid, afraid of that. You're, you're like Aaron. You're like, you know, Lord, do anything, anything. Just don't call me there. And you've got a place on the map. You've picked it out. You've, you've, you've pointed to it. I'll go anywhere but there. Don't do that. Let me, just, let me just tell you, don't do that. Okay? Not because he'll send you to the very place that you don't want to go, but because when you position yourself in that manner, you just position yourself against what he wants. 
He doesn't automatically call you to places that you say you won't go. But when you have limits on what you will do in any arena of life, when you set limits and boundaries that he has not set for you, no matter how good they may seem, they will serve as a restraint in your life. And God wants you to be free. Okay? Is that good? All right. So some of you will go a long way for a long time. Others of you will go a short distance for a really long time. Does that seem like a challenge? It's every day. It's every day. Let me get Brooke to come up here and, and help us talk about that a little bit. Um, we, when I said a little while ago, no more missions Sundays, part of what I'm saying is that God has called us to a mission that is for the entire globe. And, and much of it, for you and for me, is right here under our own noses. And Brooke's been helping us with the collective stuff and some of that, and she wants to share, so go for it. I'm going to sit right here and let you talk. Okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the need right here locally, and I just want to say two things about that. We can look at our nation, and we can get overwhelmed and hopeless really quick, and I don't want us to go there because Jesus has made a provision for every need that we face, but he's called us to partner with him. So I don't want you to be afraid, I don't want you to be overwhelmed, but I pray that you get uncomfortable. So right here in the Cobb area, one of the major needs that we see is poverty. The Atlanta metro area has one of the fastest growing poverty rates in the United States. 84% of those in poverty are women and children, and almost half of all Georgia children live in low-income households. Cobb, right here, Cobb County has documented over 2,000 homeless children in the county school system. Does that just blow y'all's mind? And in the metro area, there are 450,000 people that don't know where their next meal is coming from. Did anybody ever watch Mr. Rogers growing up? So at one point, there was an episode, and he talked about when there are things going on in the world, and it's scary, and he said to tell your children to look for the helpers. So I'm going to tell you, as we talk about some of the stuff that's scary, today in the Grand Foyer is a room full of helpers, and they are cooperating with the mission of God to meet these needs. Um, Must Ministries is out there today, and they have amazing ways that you can partner with them to meet the needs of poverty in our community. Another major need in Georgia is foster care. Um, the most dramatic increase nationwide in foster care is in the state of Georgia. We have over 14,000 children in the system on any given day. 
And in just the last year, 460 children in Cobb County were placed in foster care. And here's the scary thing about that, is these kids go into foster care here, but there aren't enough foster homes. So they get moved out of state, which means not only did they lose their home with their parents, they lost their teachers, they lost their friends. And a lot of times the parents are trying to get back on their feet, but they can't visit the kids because they're too far away in another county. So first thing I want to say about foster care is when you hear that, if you're like me, your first thought is, well, I can't foster. I can't foster, so I can't help. And I just want to tell you that is not true. Because there's a lot of ways that we can help with the foster situation. Because we can support foster families. Um, in January, we're going to have another collective table. And it's going to be specifically for foster families to minister to them. So you can serve right here in the church. Uh, there's another organization. I had never heard of it until my daughter caught a vision for this and it's called CASA, and you become an advocate for children in the court system. It is amazing. If you have wanted to be an attorney, but you did not want to go to law school, this <laughs> is for you. All right. My daughter loves to fight for people. And so she's fighting for kids nice. that may not have anybody else to fight for them. And then you can foster. But again, we have a lot of organizations. We've got CASA today. We have Igniting Hope. We have Waymark. And we have Hope Box. They're all in this fight. Um, another major issue right here. I'm not talking global, okay? What I'm going to tell you today is right here in Cobb County in Georgia is sex trafficking. The trafficking industry in Georgia is a $290 million a year industry. And the average entry age into the market is 12 to 14 years old. In Georgia, 200 to 350 adolescent girls are sold online a month. And the Super Bowl is one of the biggest sporting events in the U.S., which means it's also one of the biggest trafficking events. And guess where that is this year, guys? It's right here. So it's an amazing opportunity for us to get involved. This is in our backyard. And we've got Table on Delk here. They're in this fight. Rescuing Hope is here in this fight. But let me tell you one other simple place that you can get in this fight is FCA. Because FCA, when we say God isn't in the schools anymore, we took God out of the schools, FCA has done an amazing job. They have such a reputation in our schools, and we have coaches across our local high schools, and they are begging for team chaplains. We have more requests for team chaplains than we can meet. There's our entry into the schools, guys. I mean, we're back in, and these... These are the kids that are vulnerable, okay? Some of these kids never hear I love you. They don't have anybody telling them the truth that Jesus loves them. And so we have an amazing opportunity. So FCA is out there today also. Um, and then we have people that are just facing health issues and crisis every day. I'm not even giving you statistics on that because it's scary. And I know for a lot of us, it triggers so much fear. 
But I'm just going to tell you, we have two ministries here that are ministering to families that are walking through childhood diagnosis. Hello Hope is here, and Blue Skies that does, uh, they do week-long retreats for, uh, for families that are living through pediatric cancer. And the last thing in our region is Hurricane Michael. It has devastated that area. 75% of the infrastructure of these towns was destroyed. And um, at least 60 churches were, were just shut down. So that, that's what would be ministering to the needs in the community, and they don't have the resources right now. But we have an amazing opportunity. We are actually partnering with local churches in our area. We have come together with Burnt Hickory Baptist, North Star, Westridge, Mars Hill. Let me think of who else is on here. Eagle Point. Um, and we're partnering with a church at First Baptist Bonifay to send teams every single week. What an opportunity for us to really act like the body of Christ and come together and go with other churches and meet the needs down there. So there's a couple ways you can help here. You can go on these trips. We've got the link out there and the information. And the major need that they have right now is for two-cycle engine oil. North Star is a donation center, and they're coordinating getting everything down there. But right now they're trying to get these trees cleared and debris out of homes, so they're running chainsaws and bobcats and all kinds of equipment. So the engine oil is, is our primary need. Good job. Thank you. So, yeah, give Brooke a hand. So, um, I've, I've said this before. I, I, this is my favorite quote. Now, I say that, and then I remember that I probably have said this is my favorite quote, about 10 or 15 different quotes. But this is my favorite quote of my favorite quotes. Uh, Banning Liebscher. Y'all remember? The difference between people who do stuff and people who don't do stuff is that people who do stuff do stuff. <laughs> That's why it's my favorite. You don't have to be, you know, super intelligent to understand it. The difference between people who do stuff and people who don't do stuff is that people who do stuff do stuff. Uh, this, is, this is what it means, being on mission with God. It means that your eyes are open, you're allowing the Lord to show you what he's doing, and you're willing to say yes, to partner with him. Uh, Brooke has laid out for you so many opportunities, things uh, that you can do, places where you can partner with God, places where we as a church can partner with other churches, where we can partner uh, with uh, people all over the state, and especially in this region, uh, to, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus, to love people, uh, to be an expression of God's love. Now, here, let me take it one step further. Uh, those are things, specific things. Volunteering at Must Ministries, most anybody can do that. Uh, being a foster family, a lot of you can do that. Uh, going on a trip uh, to run a chainsaw, some of you can do that. Some of you don't need to do that. <laughs> but here, here are some things that all of us can do. Go to work on purpose. And I don't mean just going to work 
on purpose to do your job, but also while you're doing an amazing job at your work, be on point, be on mission, have your eyes and your ears open to what God is saying to you in the workplace. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak through you in the place that he has planted you in the, in the marketplace of our area. Uh, at school, if you're in school, whether it's you know, middle school, high school, college, grad school, technical school, whatever it is, if you're in school, God has placed you in a community, an intentional community. He has put you with a group of people that you have something in common with. You know, and sometimes the biggest barrier to sharing the gospel is feeling so different. And God has planted you in the school system with a group of people that you have at least something in common with. And what he's done is he's created a bridge that you can cross to share the gospel. Teachers, administrators in, in the school system. God is giving you opportunities on a daily basis. So go to school. Go to work. Be intentional. Where do you play? Let me just say that if you don't have a place to play, you need a place to play. Because the early church fathers understood that two of the most vital spiritual exercises in life. The most, two of the most life-giving things that you can do as a creation of God is pray and play. I didn't make that up. You can research it. You need a place to play. But guess what? Your place to play can also be a place of mission. What is the thing that you love to do? If you love to run, I have no idea why. <laughs> but some of you do. Some of you do. And so if you do, run with a purpose. Uh, don't just run by yourself all the time. Uh, look for places where you're running can put you on mission. I just maybe like to walk fast or slow. But you hear what I'm saying. There, there are places that you go to play. Some of you like to work out. You know, go to the gym. And typically, what happens at the gym? You put your headphones on, you get in your zone, and you pretend like you're the only one there. Well, I'm I'm going to say that you can do that during your workout. Before and after your workout, maybe you should take the thing buds out of your ear and look around. See who else is there. See if there's somebody there that you know. See if there's somebody there that you don't know that God would have you speak to. But here's the thing. Every day, we travel to places. We go to work, we go to school, we go to places to play. Uh, we come back to our neighborhood that we live in 
And we have a chance. We have opportunity. We have to make a choice. Am I going to just sneak back in and close the door and pretend like I didn't see them? Or am I going to at least be willing to say, God, is there something you want me to say? Is there something you want me to do? Is there somebody you want me to love? So being on mission can mean that God calls you halfway around the world for a really long time. It can mean also that God calls you right where you are for a really long time. And every day you have opportunities to advance the kingdom. Jim Elliott said, wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. Be there completely, not just physically. Okay? All right, so we can go a really long way away for a really long time, or we can go a really short distance from home for a really long time, or we can go a long way away for a short time. And so Mason's going to come now and talk a little bit about uh, opportunities at Riverstone for mission trips, short-term trips. Right. Having, a, having grown up a pastor's kid, short-term mission trips just seems like a normal part of life for me. Um, but maybe it's not so normal for everybody else, right? So just for a quick show of hands, how many of you have ever been on a short-term mission trip? A good bit of you. Golly, that makes me so happy. That's incredible. Okay, good. So we're all cut from the same cloth. So let me tell you just a little bit about this incredible year of missions that we have coming up. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to highlight some of these short-term mission trips that we have coming up. And um, after that, we're going to pray for these specific trips and, um, and for these sp- specific places. So all I want you to do is just receive right here as I tell you some of these incredible testimonies and stories and opportunities for breakthrough because you're going to be the ministry team for these trips. You're going to be the people who are here praying when people go, and you may be some of the people who end up going, right? And so I just want you to allow God to speak his love, his passion, and even his vision for some of these trips into your heart here for a minute while I, um, while I tell you about these trips. If you noticed, around the room we have uh, banners hung. So we got Cyprus right here, I believe Israel's right around the corner right there. I can't really see it. Um, Costa Rica's back here in the left. Uh, we got Haiti over here. That means Scotland is over here. And then we've got Romania uh, right here. So these are the big trips that we're taking. And um, I'm going to read to you just a little bit about what these trips are doing. So Cyprus. In Cyprus, we minister uh, to the Turkish and uh the people of Cyprus, right? The Cypriots, I guess you call them. Um, most adhere to Islamic faith, right? And are Muslim in, in their uh, religion and their walk of faith. And to be honest, it's uh, few and far in between to try and find Christians. Uh, our missionaries know of one gathering that is of Christians that is happening. And I believe that uh, began uh, just a few almost a year ago, last December, right? So the Danforths are missionaries that we have 
on location there in Cyprus. And this gathering that started last December of people gathering to worship Jesus uh, is an offshoot of their ministry of over eight years. That's incredible, right? In a place that hardly knows Jesus at all, that there are people who are now gathering to worship him. It's absolutely amazing. So that's what's going on in Cyprus. The next is Scotland. Scotland, I've been quite a few times, and if we're being completely honest, Scotland is a largely godless culture. Uh, You saw a statistic earlier about um, long-term missions and that the UK is one of the quickest decreasing uh, in, in faith in people who hold to Christianity, right? Scotland, last I heard, was less than 2% Christian. Whoa. This is a place that has experienced revivals over the years in the Hebrides and, and the Isle of Lewis and, and Wales. The Welsh revival affected them as well. And yet, today, they're on a rapid decline, as is the rest of the global north or the Western world, right? Believers are just kind of falling off. So as a strategy, our teams go to Scotland and minister primarily, primarily to youth and young adults, hoping that we will give shift, hoping that we can partner with people like the Fraley's and Potter's House and churches that we've made connection with in Scotland to reach the future of Scotland. So that's Scotland. Next is Romania. Um, I had the opportunity to go on uh, one of the Romanian trips, and I... It, it really, it just kind of broke my heart. I mean, it destroyed me in a lot of ways. Uh, there are over 2 million Roma people often referred to as gypsies, right? You've probably heard in, in culture and in popular culture about Roman gypsies, right? But these gypsies are so segregated, so discriminated against that they live in states of extreme poverty, Most don't have running water, and most can't get a job because of the discrimination. They can't go and find a place in the workforce because they're gypsies, and they're outcast, and they're just not allowed to. Something near near 90% are are illiterate. And so our hope and our vision, our mission in going to Romania and partnering with missionaries who are on the ground there, living there among the people, is that we would reach a people who are illiterate and teach them and show them the gospel, both through our action and our words and just the way that we love them. Because they don't get to see a lot of love as a people who are so outcast. So that's Romania. The next is Haiti. I'm so excited about this trip. Uh, Haiti is in desperate need for godly leaders, right? Haiti has been under attack and, again, is struggling with a lot of um, illiteracy and bad leadership, really. And I'm not trying to be mean to Haiti. But God's given us an opportunity to go to Haiti and listen to this, minister to teachers, in a hope that these teachers will then be able to raise up the next generation in godliness. Sneaky Jesus. (laughs) Getting in the system, right? 
And so God has given us favor there to minister to teachers. It's an incredible opportunity. The next is Israel. Oh, man. Historically speaking, Israel has been riddled with turmoil and spiritual warfare, as you know. It is, it is the relationship foundational for our faith and our ability to come into uh, relationship with Jesus, that they were God's chosen people. But Israel as a nation now is controlled by two major religious thoughts. The first is Judaism and the Jewish people. The second is Islam and the Muslim people. These two, as you probably know if you've watched any news, are constantly battling and fighting in holy war and in religious war, right? Even over areas and land. And yet, God continues to show favor to Christians coming into Israel and ministering to these groups. So our teams go and partner with pastors and, and residents of Israel who have been ministering to the Muslim people in Muslim neighborhoods and to the Jewish people in their Jewish neighborhoods who've been doing it for years. Our hope is not that we go in and we create a ministry for Westerners just to come and drop in for a minute and then leave. We want to aid in the mission that's already happening there. Amen. So that's what we do in Israel. Costa Rica is next. In Costa Rica, some of the problems are homelessness and extreme poverty. You've heard me talk about uh, poverty a little bit before. And homelessness is a really big deal in Costa Rica, along with prostitution and get this, orphans. The mission that we have in going to Costa Rica is to partner with a ministry there called the Abraham Project. The Abraham Project's goal is to provide homes for the homeless, a family for the orphans, and to help bring jobs to those who are caught in the snare of extreme poverty. Sounds like something we could get behind, doesn't it? Good deal. All right. So now you know just a little bit about the missions uh, that we're partnering with and what we're doing here at Riverstone. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you to go ahead and feel the go of God. This is not committing to going for 10 years. It's not committing to going even for a week and raising money to go. It's not all of these things. What it is, is it's a committing to take about 15 steps from where you are right now, saying, God, my heart is for wherever you want to bring your presence, wherever you want to use Riverstone to bring breakthrough. And I want you to ask him, you probably know right now, but I want you to ask him, Lord, which one of these signs, which one of these places do you want me to go to this morning and pray for? Yeah. All right? So you get a chance when you go home from church today and somebody says, how was church? You can say, actually, I went to Romania today. And I mean, that's just a pretty cool thing. So you get to go somewhere today, right? And I want to encourage, uh, Mason told me yesterday, he said, eh, probably, most people will probably just stay in their seats. No, you won't. <laughs> I was you being a skeptic. Will not. You're, everybody's going somewhere today, right? Everybody's going somewhere. So we'll just go ahead and stand up. We're going to, pardon, team leaders need to go outside. Not yet. No, they need to go to their signs. To their signs. <laughs> team, leader. team leaders cannot be prayed for. Get out of the building. No, I'm just kidding. 
Team leaders, go stand under your sign. Maybe we could pull the lights up a little bit so people can see the signs better. Can we do that? Maybe. A little bit. All the way. Up. All the way up. There you go. There we go. Y'all see yeah. the signs? Yeah. Aha. So is, are all the team leaders in place? I see Kristen McClendon wandering. Are you going? Are you leaving? Where are you? Are you going over here? Or are you going out there? Oh, there's two. Costa Rica's in two different places on opposite sides of the rooms. No, no, no. Uh, no. No, there's two teams going oh, to Costa Rica. Oh, there's two teams going to Costa Rica. That one's Scotland. That's Scotland. Yeah, you're good. I'm so confused. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mason. It's on the screen. I love it. I love it. Happy birthday, Dave Congdon, too. Okay. Everybody ready to go somewhere now? All right. Y'all ready to go somewhere? Ready. This is going to be so awesome and chaotic. I want to give the countdown. All right, okay, give a, you give a countdown. Let I me did. just apologize ahead of time for all of you people who like everything neat and in order. Not your Sunday. If you love nope. that, that's the way it is here. Hardly ever. <laughs> no. If you hate chaos, we never have done this before and we'll never do it again. If you love it, we're going to do it from now on. Okay, you ready? Ready. Countdown. Three, two, one, go. Go to your country. We're just going to have a time of prayer. Go to the place. If, you don't, if there's a, not a place that you feel called to go to, then you can stay where you are and, and just pray for all of them. It's been really good. Okay. Is anybody lost trying to get to a country and you can't find it? Anybody need GPS? All right. Got a lot of people over here going to Cyprus. What are we doing here? All right. Mason's going to lead us in a time of prayer for leaders. And let me give you two options. Uh, you can listen and just kind of pray along with him as he prays, or you can just go for it and, and begin to pray where you are. Okay? So, Mason. That's good. All right, let's pray. King Jesus, we do. We just right now lift up these Thank leaders you, to you. God, we ask, Lord, that you would equip Thank them. You, Lord. Lord, that you would give them what only Thank you could you, do. Lord. What only you can give, God. You, God. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would release you, to them according to your riches. You, Lord. Lord, we ask for Help favor, divine favor, heavenly favor. God, the kind of favor that makes us uncomfortable but puts us right in the middle of your will. God, for Cyprus, God, we ask for breakthrough. God, we ask, Lord, that you would bring uh, an even greater number of believers in the land of Cyprus. God, for Israel, Lord, would you break in and wake, awakening believers, God, to go after your kingdom, to birth your kingdom. God, we ask for a great coming in of the Muslim and, and uh, uh, Jewish people, God. 
Jesus, we ask for Costa Rica, Lord, that you would provide a home for the homeless. Lord, that you would bring in the orphans and you would give them families to call home. Jesus, that you would break the snare and the, and the, the generational curse of poverty in Costa Rica, God. And Lord, that you would bring an end to the prostitution there and how rampant it is. God, for Haiti, Lord, we ask, Lord, that teachers would be bold to speak your name in the education system. Lord, that you would give us favor with government there. You would give us favor with uh, breakthrough in families, Lord, and strengthening the family system. God, we ask right now for Scotland, Lord, that you would awaken a people again who have wells of revival pent up inside of them, God. Lord, we ask that you would bring forth and uncap the old wells. Lord, that young people would fall in love with you again, Jesus. Lord, it would change the course of a nation and a kingdom. Yes. God, we ask right now for Romania. Lord, that you would move in the hearts of the gypsy people. Lord, that there would be a massive incoming of, of the gypsy people into relationship with you, Jesus. Lord, that you love the gypsies in Romania even when nobody else loved them. God, we ask right now, Lord, that you would bring breakthrough and favor like we've never seen before. God, again, we just bless all these mission teams. God, I ask, Lord, that the people that sign up for these teams, Lord, that you would impregnate them with the message of your gospel. Lord, that they would take it to these corners of the world. And Lord, it would spark something. God, what a mighty flame such a small spark can begin. So God, we ask, Lord, that our spark would start something amazing. Lord, that we would be an aid and a help to those who are currently living in these areas. Lord, that we wouldn't be a burden. But, Lord, that we would be help. Yes. God, Lord, that we would, we would be an encouragement, even a prophetic voice, to see what you're doing in the land, even if we're there just for a short time. God, we ask, Lord, that you would bless every one of these teams. In your name we pray. Amen. Yeah, amen. All right, just hold what you got right where you are for a minute. And, and let me just say this about uh, going on a short-term short trip. I've, I've been somewhere almost every year since 1988, uh, sometimes more than one place in a year. Uh, and, and it has shaped me and marked me. Um, I learned about mercy in Jamaica. Uh, I learned about worship and deliverance in Brazil. Uh, I learned about intercession in India. Uh, they're just, every time I go somewhere, God teaches me something new and, and deepens what he's been doing in me for my whole life. And some of you know that because you've gone. And I just want to say that whether you have in your heart a call to be a missionary or not, if, if you're a believer, God's called you to a mission. And if you have never been out of this country, I would just encourage you to pray and just ask the Lord, is this something I could do? Not even, is this something I should do? Is this something I could do? And if he says yes, just follow him and let him lead you. I, I really believe that going on a trip will increase your faith, just the whole process. It will deepen your intimacy with Jesus. And one of the things, one of the huge things it will do is it will broaden your vision for the globe. We are not just a part of Riverstone 
local church, or even transformation local network. We're a part of a global church, the body of Christ throughout the earth. And you need to see more of it than just here. And so ask the Lord, is this something I could do? And then go do it. Uh, Last thing I will say uh, today is this. You can't do everything. You can't. And, and, and some of you get overwhelmed because you want to go every place. And you're trying to figure out how that can work in your calendar. You can't go everywhere. You can't do everything. But you can do something. You can do something. And you can do something this year that you've never done before. So let's just commit together as a family that all of us are going to choose increase over complacency. And we're going to choose risk and faith over apathy. And we're going to say to the Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. Show me the things that I can do. And I I will say yes. I will step out even when it's scary. If you tell me to do it, I'll do it. Okay? Now let's pray. If you're a team leader, are they supposed to go outside? Team leaders, you can go out to your tables now while I pray for everybody else. So y'all let them out of the crowd and get to their spots. And I want to ask the rest of you to just uh, do your hands like this. As if you expect to receive from the Lord. Lord, we pray today that you would give us our marching orders. We do not believe that you have called us to be a church that camps out in a comfortable place. You have called us to be men and women and children who follow you wherever you go, who go wherever you tell us to go, who will do whatever you ask us to do, who will be the men and the women and the children that you have called and destined us to be. So whether that's halfway around the world or just across the street, we want to say yes to you. Open our eyes to what you're doing. Open our ears to what you're saying. Open our hearts, Lord, to what what is in your heart. That we would partner with you in this mission that you have invited us to be a part of. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I'm glad you got to be here for our last missions Sunday. There'll be many, 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 many mission Sundays to come. And uh, there are tables outside that tell more about trips. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. And uh, have a great day.